Hello, and thank you for tuning to Fire and Rain Ministries, where fire purges and rain washes. Today, we have an exciting word to share with you from Apostle Allison J. Cross, and we know that you will be encouraged by what you hear. So sit back and relax, and remember, she has a word for you from the Word. God bless everyone, and thank you for coming in to another episode with me, I'm Apostle Allison J. Cross of Fire and Rain Ministries. And today, I'm going to talk about what's on your mind, what's in our minds. The key verse that we want to go to today is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. And we have to really take hold of our thought life in our mind because the battle starts in our mind, Okay. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not counter, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay. So when we look at this, when Paul warned the Corinthians not to be ignorant of the devil's wiles, the Greek word for wiles means schemes. Don't be ignorant of the enemy's schemes, you know, and it's from the same word used for mind. So in other words, Satan's primary assault occurs in our thought life. Because if we think about stuff too much or too long and it takes a seed or it takes root in our heart, we got a situation going on if it's not the right seed that was planted. So the enemy is going to always try to mess with your mind. He's going to try to literally mess with your mind. And that's something that we really, really have to be careful of because we don't want the, to give the enemy any place. You know, we don't want to give a place to the devil, right? All right. And so another thing is, so he assaults our thought life. And our mind is the main battlefield in spiritual warfare. Have you ever thought about something and thought about something until you actually did it? So we have to, you know, we have to think about that, you know, um, murder, envy, strife, you know, lying, et cetera. It's it starts in our mind and we really have to grab hold of our mind. And what we're going to be talking about in the focal point is the battle of the mind, the battle for the mind, because we want to have the mind of Christ. You know, if we don't have the mind of Christ, we are in a serious, serious situation. Okay. So if you look at Romans, get your Bible, grab your sword and get your Bible and turn to Romans chapter eight, verses six and seven. And it reads for to be carnally minded is death. We could really, we could really stop right there because that it, you could say a lot right there, but I'll keep reading. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hmm. I can twiddle my thumbs on that all day long. When we see what's going on in the world today, it would really, um, it would you would you would surmise that. What's going on today? It's a bunch of carnally minded situations. The murder, the killing, the death, <clears throat> the, the walking away from God, all of that stuff. But it says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
we pray for peace. So maybe we should go a step further and say, Lord, give people a, your spiritual mind. Let people receive you as their savior and receive the mind of Christ because it says in your word uh, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And it goes on to say in verse seven, because the carnal mind is an enmity with God. Now, remember back in Genesis, you know, it talks about the fact that, you know, the Satan, um, the devil, there will be enmity between the seed and the devil, you know? And so if there's enmity, hatred for the things of God, it says the carnal mind is an enmity against God. So everything in our minds from the time of birth until the time we got saved, it's an enmity to God. If we don't have the mind of Christ that is in perfect concert with the will of God, then our thought life is jacked up. Our lives are jacked up, whether you know it or not. If we don't have the mind of Christ, there's no real true peace. There may be satisfaction for a moment, but true peace comes from God. And it goes on to say, for it is subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So the carnal mind is, is, you know, our minds are subject to the law of God, but if our minds are carnal and not spiritual, we're not going to yield. We're not going to submit to God. And Satan wants to make our minds carnal. He wants to make our minds sinful, worldly, and fleshly. And God wants us to be spiritually minded. That is something that we really, really have to grab hold of is to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded. Okay. We don't want to be carnally minded. So, you know, when you look at the Bible, it's the greatest commandment includes what? Loving God with all of our mind. This is one of the main reasons why Satan battles for your mind, because God says, love God with all your mind. In Matthew 22, 37 to 38, it said, and Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy, thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So why wouldn't the enemy try to get your mind stirred up in the things of the world and fleshly things. And then if it's in your mind, it gets in your heart. And if it gets in your heart, then your body begins to react to what's there. And if it's not been, if our minds have not been renewed in Christ and renewed in the word, we'll begin to follow after the worldly things. So Satan battles for our mind because it's closely tied to spiritual, tied to spiritually to our heart and our mouth. Look at Matthew 15. Get your sword out. I hope, I hope you got the sword today, people. <laughs> I hope you got the sword. Look at Matthew 15, 18, and 19, okay? And it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from where? The heart. It comes from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Now, this is why. This is why. We literally have to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. This is what the Bible says, you know, and so we want to make sure we're doing that. Amen. Okay. And so it also in Proverbs 23, 7, it talks about the fact that for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if you're thinking something in your heart, you will become what you think. You are. You will become what's in your heart. Have you ever focused on something so much? Okay, I like uh, Mexican food. And so 
all it takes is for one person to say that they are going uh, to the Mexican restaurant to get them a taco, and I'm going down the street to get me a taco as well. So, you know, we have to really, really um, be mindful. And Satan knows if he can control your mind, he can control your body, he can control your actions, and if left unchallenged, he can literally control your spirit. So we want to make sure that we are in right alignment with the Lord. Now, let me back up. We're not, let me change that. If he can, if he can control your body, he can control your mind and then left unchallenged, he'll control your actions. I'll say it like that because yeah, he can control your actions. Now, when we look at fiery darts, Look back in the Old Testament times. Fiery darts were used as weapons of warfare, okay? They were, they were hollow reeds filled with material that would burn easily, okay? They were set on fire and then shot from bows, and they were um, excellent weapons. They were really good weapons against walled cities because when they shot those bows, they would go over the wall. They would go over the wall, okay? And, and they would ignite uh, the roofs. They would ignite, you know, the houses and things like that. So they use those. And when you look in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through uh, 17, what Paul is saying here, he's talking about spiritual battle, a spiritual battle with Satan. And he speaks of the fiery darts of the wicked. The enemy continuously hurls fiery darts at us in the spiritual world. Most of these darts are aimed at our mind because, again, if the enemy can get you your thought life, if he can get you, you know, he'll set you up, he'll plant a seed of a thought that we don't need to be thinking, then pretty soon we think about it again, and then you think about it again, and pretty soon it's in your heart, and then you really want to do it. So today we're talking about taking control of your thoughts, and so, you know, we have to cast down every thought. In vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We bring it into captivity because we don't want to give the enemy a place to be able to control our minds and control our thoughts. Okay. And so we want, we want to do that. So they're aimed at the mind. And the apostle Paul also warns that we should not be soon shaken. When you look at, you find that in um, 2 Thessalonians 2 2. So when you look at the Greek translation, shake, that literally means to agitate, to disturb, to topple, and it's also implied to destroy. So if you take hold of something and shake it, you have control over it. And Satan wants to shake or exert control over your mind. If he can get your mind, if he can disturb your peace, if he can topple you over, if he can agitate you, he's literally shaking. So we want to look at that. You know, we don't want to soon be shaken in our mind. We want to have, be steadfast. We want to be unmovable. And how can we do that? How can we be steadfast and unmovable? We have to stay in the word. I think my Bible is in the other room. I was going to hold it up, but it's in the other room. But we want to be, you know, unshakable. If we're going to, if we're going to do this thing for God and do it right, because we are literally in the last and evil day, we have to be unmovable. We can't be vacillating between two opinions. We cannot be one day on fire for God and the next day, oh well. We can't do that. No, no, we can't. 
So when we look at the mind, our mind is very, very complex. We don't even understand everything. Man don't understand everything. Now, another thing I want to talk about is questioning the authority of God. The battle, we're talking about the battlefield of the mind, but we don't want to question the authority of God. And the first temptation of man started in the mind and it started with the strategy of the enemy of questioning God's authority. Satan said to Eve, yeah, had God said, did God really say that you could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Questioning God and his word leads to doubt unbelief, skepticism, and then it could potentially cause a person to fall away, to walk away from the truth. That's why you see a mass exodus nowadays in the churches and in Christendom going to other religions because people are not literally casting down vain thoughts, imagination, and anything that exalts itself to the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. People are not doing that anymore. I tell you one of the reasons because, well, I'm going to put it like this. I've seen over the past 25 years in ministry that people are, want most people, um, some people, few people, if you fit in this category, don't get mad at me. Go, go talk to God about it. But if you fit in the category of it's all about me and what about me and it's not about the kingdom, then you need to go back and ask the Lord. We all need to ask him every day to help our unbelief and help us not question his authority. Because when we begin to get so focused on us and what we think we need to be doing at that time for us, we begin to question God's authority because, see, he knows what's best for us. We don't, but he does. Amen. All right. And so the enemy wants you to question God's authority. How does he do that? The enemy tries to get us to question God's authority through deception and seduction. I'm going to say that again. He tries to get us to come against God's authority, question his authority. He wants to put a doubt in our mind through deception and seduction. And deception was also part of the enemy's strategy. So when the enemy confronted Eve, he was disguised as a beautiful serpent. Satan lies. He uses lies. He uses cults. He uses the religious spirits to deceive, to deceive people today. He uses those things. And some of the deceptions that Satan has include some of these things. You can become a god. Mm. Remember in Numbers chapter 16 when uh, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram wanted to take over the priesthood and you know they told Moses you know all the people are holy too you know no they were not <laughs> go back and read a few uh chapters prior to numbers chapter 16 they were clowning they were they were um having you know uh, orgies and sex and you know they were doing all type of stuff they were not holy they were they were part of the mixed multitude that served over the gods and did all type of things and had different sacrifices going. And they, but see, Korah, he said they holy too. They can they they can be priests. They can do what you do. Korah wanted the priesthood, and so here one of the um, 
traps of the enemy is you can be a God or you can know the future. Okay, so I don't want to know anything that God don't want me to know. It may not be for me to know what's going to happen 20 years down the line. I may not can take it. <laughs> Had I known that ministry was going to be so interesting, I probably wouldn't have gotten into it, you know, uh, because it comes with a, a price. It comes with a heavy price. It really does. It is not just standing up in the pulpit on a Sunday morning preaching. It's really, really uh, a death to self and a death to what you think you know and everything that you don't think you know. It's a death. It's a death walk. Okay? And so the enemy has a lot of tactics. He has a lot of strategies. And he's also uses seducing spirits to attack the mind to distort the truth of God's word. If the enemy can distort the truth <coughs> excuse me, of God's word in a person's mind and get them to think on it, then this is going to be a whole situation. Look, look at 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. Go ahead and turn there right quick. I'm going to give you a second. Turn to 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, and I want you to underline this in your Bible because it's going to help you. It says that now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in latter times, and we're in the latter times, people. We are in, we are in the latter times. It says that now the spirit, what spirit? I'm not talking about the spirit of the devil. I'm not talking about antichrist. I'm talking about the spirit of God, the one and true living God, the creator, Elohim. Amen. <clears throat> now the spirit speak expressly that in latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Why are people departing from the faith? People are literally departing from the faith because they want to get out there and do what they do. The enemy has seduced them and tricked them and made them think that they are all that in a bag of chips and they can start their ministry, but they don't have to be accountable to anyone. The devil is a liar. You need accountability. You need accountability. We all need accountability. You can't be out there being a lone ranger doing your own thing, saying what you want to say, doing what you want to do, and then saying, God, and then let me just put this, let me finish this scripture first, and then I'm going to say something. I'm going to read it from the beginning, and I'm going to try to get through the whole thing. Now, the Spirit uh, speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, we're going to talk about that. But I want to say this. Why is it that Christian people preaching the gospel think it's okay to listen and entertain secular music? I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting because, you know, what's born of the spirit is spirit. What's born of the flesh is flesh. And the two don't mix. They don't mix, but you have a lot of leaders out here saying it's okay to listen to non-Christian music and bob your head or whatever they say and, you know, do whatever you want to do and, and it's okay. But if you do that, you are literally, it's like oil and water. God is not getting the glory out of that. He's not in that. He's, he didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't birthed out of worship or praise or adoration for the Lord. It was birthed out of a spirit, a seducing spirit, a deceptive spirit. And if you are listening to that, 
it's getting in your head, then it's going to plant itself in your heart, and then you're going to begin to act like what you heard. I know I'm talking right on that. I know I am. Because all you have to do is you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you know what? Think about the people that you hang around. Do you pick up their lingo? Do you say some of the phrases that they say? But just think about that. Now, when, you, when, you, when we're talking about music, we know that Satan uses music to seduce people, to draw people in, you know, and things like that. We say, well, it's just music. It don't hurt me. Oh, yeah, it do. Because the enemy has a plot and a plan, and he uses music as the main catalyst to draw people away from Christ. Now, why, why do you say that, Apostle Cross? I'm glad you asked. I say that because he was the chief musician choir director in heaven he had pipes in him that exuded music music came out of him he was music he was the worship leader before the throne now think about that why wouldn't he use the ability the talent that god gave him the anointing that god gave him see he's he he has it out for all of us that are created in the image of God. So why wouldn't he use what God gave him to stir your flesh up to begin to worship him? Oh, it's a slippery slope. Oh, it's just a little jazz. Oh, the words, they're, they're love songs. It wasn't birthed out of the spirit of God. It was birthed out of the spirit of the enemy. I don't care how you cut it. You can. I don't care how you slice that piece of bread. There is a line. There is a dividing line. Now the spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. How do you think seducing spirits and doctrines of devils get in? Through an open door. Through open doors. We have to be careful. If a door has been closed and you know God has wonderfully helped you in your life, in your ministry, with your family, why would you go back through that door and take your whole family through that door? You're going to be accountable. Parents, we are accountable. You know, when I was raising my, my children, I was not perfect. I made so many mistakes. Oh, my God. I, I just cringe now at the mistakes I made back then. But when you know better, do better. So those of you who are raising your families, get them in church, get them in the kingdom and close the door to the enemy because every time they hear a song where somebody rolling their neck or 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 the, the, the music is sounding like it makes you want to gyrate, do you think that's getting in their spirit? But we as parents are going to have to give an account for that because we allowed it. We allowed it. Okay. So I'm going to move on. I just want to um, throw that in there. And you know, Satan uses our own mouth. He uses our eyes and even our senses of touch and smell to foster um, wicked thoughts in our mind. We say, well, how, how can he use smell? I'm going to tell you something. Whew, years ago, years ago, in my 20s, I used to smoke weed. And when I got saved, I stopped getting high. I stopped smoking marijuana, okay? 
And I remember the kids were going to school. I was just walking through the house. I was doing housework and vacuuming and had my little worship music going on. I was getting ready to get into the Word. And I walked in my dining room and all of a sudden, <coughs> I smelled marijuana. Now, what did that do? What did that do? That triggered my senses. It wasn't no weed in the house. It wasn't nobody up in there but me. But the enemy can use things like that. A smell can literally take you back. Remember that song? There's a song, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first believed you or received you. Now, why wouldn't the enemy try to take us back to where we first did stupid stuff? He'll, I mean, because he's the prince of the power of the air. Some people don't give the, the now I'm not trying to give the devil credit, but some people don't realize how much of an influence that he has over this earth, the air, and everything else. Because he's the prince of the power of the air. He's the god of this world. Okay? All right. And so another thing is <clears throat> the enemy wants to blind the minds of the believers. Satan's work is in the mind of unbelievers to blind them from the truth of the gospel. That's why we can't be so focused on us. We can't be so focused on, oh, it's all about me. What about my this or my that? Well, what about the people that are dying and going to hell? We have to be on be about our father's business. If we are taking care of God's business, he will literally take care of our business. And I know that for a fact, and I know that to be true. When you look at 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. What is that scripture saying? The God of this world, the devil, has blinded the minds of them that don't believe in Christ. That, that mind-blinding spirit. And we have to bind that up in Jesus' name, you know, especially with our families, our loved ones, our friends that don't know Christ. We bind up that mind-blinding spirit and we loose the love of God and we loose their mind that they will be able to receive the light of God and the glorious gospel so it will save their soul. See, that's something that we have to do. So, you know, I, I just wanted to share that nugget with you today, and we're going to continue. This is going to be like a mini series. It'll be about three or four um, in the series, and we're going to be talking about this because we got to get our mind right, people. We have got to get our minds right. Amen. <laughs> so I trust that this has blessed you, that it's helped you, that it's encouraged you to know that, you know, it all starts up here. The battle is here, and if we can get this right, this going to line up and then our body will follow. But if we don't get that mind right, we'll be like the Bible said, we'll be tossed to, uh, to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Everything that sound right, we run into it. Don't want to be still nowhere and let that gospel get down in your heart and get rooted and grounded. We want to run around and, and if this don't sound right, we leave. If this offends us, we leave. If if that sermon didn't it didn't hit my spirit right. Well, if your spirit is carnal, it ain't gonna hit it right. Right? <laughs> Whatever the man or woman of God is preaching, and you're sitting up there with your carnal self talking about, 
I just wasn't feeling it. Well, if they preach the truth and you wasn't feeling it, then you need to go and check and see what's going on in your spirit that wasn't agreeing with the word that was taught. Okay? I'm, I'm going to stop there. <coughs> because I can go on. I can go on and on. So, you know, just um, at the end here, I want to say that I want to invite you guys to um, download the Fivefold Network app to your computer. Okay, you can down, well, you can go, you can watch it on your computer, but you can also download it on the Fire Stick, Apple TV, uh, Roku, it's on iTunes, it's on the uh, Android store, and you can check us out. This is a network that the Lord allowed me to establish. It's called the Five Phone Network. Uh, we have uh, pastors and leaders on there preaching the gospel. If you want to be a part of the Five Phone Network, go ahead and, you know, you can email me at, um, Let's see which email the five phone network at gmail.com or you can call me or text me at 252-764-5685. We'd love I'd love to have a conversation with you about having your ministry on the network. It's worldwide. We're being seen um in of course the United States, we're in Brazil, uh, we have people from Antigua, we have the, the UK, um, who just came on board, Canada. Canada just came on board, and I tell you what, so we are rapidly going around the globe with this glorious gospel, amen? We love to, to have a conversation with you about having your ministry or church be affiliated or be have a channel on the Fivefold Network. Love to have you guys, and so God bless you. Again, I'm your host, Apostle Allison J. Cross of Fire and Rain Ministries, and we will be back talking about the battle of the mind. Let's get it right, people. God bless. Wasn't that an awesome teaching? We look forward to you tuning in each week for more teachings from Apostle Allison J. Cross, founder of Fire and Rain Ministries. You can follow us on Facebook, Roku, The Fire Stick, Apple TV, iTunes, and more under the Fivefold Network. To contact the ministry, you can reach us at 252-764-5685 or email us at Apostle AJ Cross at gmail.com. God bless you and see you next time.